You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone, I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk about what are you working on and then a little bit about 2021 goals and how things are going with those goals after the new year has already started. And here we are already rolling into the second month of the year and going to give ourselves a little checkup on where we're at based on the, some of the goals that we've set in 2021 and some of the things that we were working on and some of the things that we know that we want to have done. Oh, yeah, definitely. I am uh, excited as we've already got a few episodes for this year rolling out for the podcast, getting ready for the podcast as well uh, in the future. And so uh, last year was really fun. And now we are rolling in here. But um, what are some of the things that are on your mind and what are you working on right now, Jerry? Yeah, so the one thing that's like really fresh on my mind, and because I just finished it up yesterday, was uh, Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership. I know he's got a couple books, uh, but this one uh, was the first of his books that I read. A couple months, or actually last year, I got Cooper, my youngest son, all Jocko's books that are written for kids, which are really good. Talks about, you know, responsibility ownership of the things that you're doing and things you're responsible for. So there's a lot of great things in there. And I have checked out his podcast occasion. I'm not a regular listener of that podcast. Uh, That dude is seriously intense, but did want to check out his book, Extreme Ownership. And a couple months ago, when I told you that, I said, I'm actually going to get the book and read it because you know that I tend to listen to my books. And so I got the book, started reading it. And then I did that trip to Nashville and so I converted my uh, my reading goals into listening goals. And uh, so I list, finished listening to that book yesterday. And it was a phenomenal book. Yeah, that was going to be my first question. Did you read it or did you actually yeah. listen to it? So you, you, you read it and you listened to it. That might be better than just reading it alone. So yeah. you might have actually like stepped step the game up just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I didn't read the just, you know, for full transparency. I didn't read the whole, I read some of it and then I listened to some of it. I didn't read the stuff I listened to. So I didn't stack it, but I own it. Yeah. And Here's it's all the good. There's no of it. So, and I'm a big fan of listening to books. I know uh, you're a big fan of reading. I'm a big fan of listening. Uh, and it's just how I operate. I like, I like both, you know, I don't think there's any, uh, I think you can do both. Both of them are profitable. I just think it's funny, you know, to just rib everybody, especially when they say they read a book, but they really listen to it. So yeah, both are good. There's no problem with either one. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'll tell you, I listen to it. I am. So, you know, I am a slow reader. It is crazy how slow I read. And then I'll, I'll read like two or three pages and I'm like, what did I just read and have to go back and read it again. And so I, I move along quite slow when I, and doing the actual reading. 
think, you know, the other thing with just reading while we're on this is that's like a skill. So like, just like anything else, you know, when I first, I had that one year where I read like 22 books or 30 books or something like that started out really slow, but like, once you start reading and then I like, I can read books so fast now, like faster than I ever could before, but it's only because I read all those books. So reading that it's just a skill, man. Once you start reading, get in the habit, you, you start moving along super fast. Completely unrelated, but this is what popped into my head is I had a, uh, a professor and a friend of mine back in college, Michael Van Horn, who could read like 3000 words per minute. I used to like, he would like read whole pages. Like I, the way I guess speed reading works is like, you just, you'd look at it and you consume the whole thing, like basically instantly. It was pretty crazy. I used to mess around with them and always test them out on that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like, a, what was that movie with, was the guy like CP3O? No, no, not not, not CP3O, but... Uh, C3PO. <laughs> I don't know the Star Wars thing at all. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but, oh man, it's like an 80s movie. It's like a robot and he like, he just like blazes through like content of books. It's like crazy. I'll have to find that. It's going to yeah. bother me. Anyway, so Extreme Ownership. Yep is the book you just read. What is up with that? And what did you come out with that? Yeah. So the, the basic concept, I mean, it's just like, it's just like the title says extreme ownership, no matter what's in front of you, you need to own it. It's never anybody else's fault. It's uh, your fault if something's not working out. And so you need to, to work that around. And he breaks it down into four things is there's um, cover and move. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously it has a heavy military theme to it, cover and move, Keep things simple. Uh, here is my favorite chapter or my favorite section of the book was prioritize and execute. And so, you know, set priorities and getting that stuff done once you have uh, the priority. And in that, he talks about, you know, a lot of time, you know, they, especially in the military, you're in situations where you've got about 30 decisions that need to be made. And so you need to quickly prioritize them and execute them in order and keep that thing moving along. Uh, if you're going to look at the whole picture of everything you need to execute, you're going to be overwhelmed. And then decentralized command, meaning basically this is where he really heavily, heavy got into being a good leader. And so those last two sections really took a lot from it. I'm going to be going back to it and kind of touching on a lot of that because that plays a lot into what I'm trying to do this year with the real estate team. Yeah, that's really, really good stuff. Kind of goes into what I've been going over as well. I'll go into the book that, so like I started, I picked up a book as well. I'm a good starter of books and not a good finisher of books, which is kind of how I read books. I kind of read stuff for whatever part point of life I'm in. I go to the table of contents and I just use it like an encyclopedia Britannica. So, but I picked this one up. It's by Ray Dalio and Ray runs one of the, I think one of the largest hedge funds or something like that. I don't know if it's in the world or in the United States, but basically he manages a lot, a lot, a lot of money, but he grew that from absolutely nothing. So it wasn't like his parents had money or he came up with money. He started it in a bedroom in his house. And now it's like one of the largest ever. And so that was, that's pretty cool to me. And for how he talks about how he got to that point, the name of the book is called principles and it's by Ray Dalio, obviously, but, uh, and it's, it's three books in one. So one is like personal stuff. The other is business stuff. And then one part is partly like a biography. 
but he talks about how he just got to where he's at. And so I've kind of been reflecting the last two months or so, December, November, uh, didn't really do a lot of work, but did a lot of mental work on things. And so one of the things that really stood out to me from what he says is like, you have to be radically open-minded and you have to be radically transparent. And, um, he says the reason why he's successful is because he is open-minded to things. I mean, he doesn't, anything is possible. He doesn't close his mind off to anything. And the other reason he's, he's successful is he takes big risk. And so he said uh, he takes really big risk and he learns from them. So he, he credits his success to making mistakes. But the key is you can't make such a big mistake that it kicks you out of the game completely. So you can make a big mistake and you can learn from it, but you can't make such a big mistake that like it knocks you out of the game completely. And so I really like that. I really liked what he said about being open-minded. And one of the other things that was really big for me is he said, he says, don't be worried about what others are going to think of you. And so I really thought I didn't care what people thought of me obviously I care a little bit, but I thought when I did things, I didn't really care what they thought of me. But as I started to go back and look at, you know, the last year and business and how things went, I came to find out, I really do care what people think of me and it's really been holding me back. So that's one of the things I'm going to be working on moving forward into 2021. It's not even really like a a goal, like where you can track it or anything, but mentally I need to, I'm going to be moving forward, you know, not based on what people think, but based on what I need to do. So on that the idea of what people think, I actually posted on Instagram yesterday was don't make yourself so small that others feel, or excuse me, don't make yourself small so others feel more comfortable. You know, is that, uh, and, and that's something that I'm always cautious of. And, and what I'm trying to do is that sometimes I think, well, I don't want to do that because I don't, what are they going to think of me? Or that's not how I was in my past. I was, you know, I had made mistakes in my past and I want people to judge and, you know, think that I'm thinking more highly of myself. And so sometimes I want to play that game a little bit on the smaller side for you, you know, cause this is kind of a fresh conversation for us, this idea of you worrying about what other people think of you. And so what does that look like for you? Yeah. I don't think I'm not really worried about kind of in that sense of what you just said, but I'm more, I think what it does for me, what I found out is that uh, I try to make things perfect, you know, and try to make things look good. So I think it's less of maybe what people think of me, but also like me getting the results for people and then them wondering, and then me wondering if they think those results are as good as they are, are as good as they need to be, or were they as good as they said they were going to be. And so it, it kind of hinders me and stops me because I'm like, okay, I, I don't have everything fully, fully figured out. And so if I don't, I might get to a point where I don't know what to do. And then I'm not going to be able to fulfill what I need to do for these people. And then they're going to think a certain way or they're not going to want to, you know, move forward. And so I don't think there's a lot of truth in, in that, but that in my head, I think was, was what was holding me back. So what are some of the areas in your life that that's showing itself? Well, for instance, like we'll have uh, just things, that, you know, I know what I need to do. For instance, we'll, we'll, we'll use a specific situation, I guess you could say, <laughs> is uh, like 
in a listing presentation, right? So if I'm going out and I'm going to go talk to somebody about selling their house and I run comps and I run numbers, I pretty much know, I have a pretty good idea of where that, where the house is going to sell it, but you don't really know, no. And so like in the back of my head, there's always the question of, okay, I ran these numbers. I did the foundational things right, but there is a possibility that I could be wrong. And then I think that's going to reflect badly on me. And then so that causes me to, to pause and it causes me not to do what I need to do, you know, cause it gives me, it gives me a sense of uncertainty. And so I'll like, and so what'll happen is, is I will like start to procrastinate then. And then I'll start procrastinating and then it just kind of throws things, starts to throw things off. And so, you know, I see that in uh, quite a few things that I've, that I've been doing lately. So I think I've, I've, I finally, I'm, I'm over that now, or I've, I've mentally gotten over that, uh, that hurdle. So I'm interested to see how moving forward on those things works. And it's, it's also, um, come up in a couple of other areas as well. So like, you know, hiring an assistant doing that, I want to make sure I hire the perfect assistant, but there are no perfect situations for anything. So. So is that why uh, I've noticed that you've had a significant increase in the amount of content you're posting like on Instagram, Facebook, you're doing a lot more Facebook lives, YouTube videos. Uh, is that a direct correlation to that for you? It, yeah, it is a hundred percent. So it's like, yeah, I don't have, I have the foundation, the framework, the knowledge on how to do things. And so it's just a matter of putting it out there. I, I actually have a laundry list of things that I would like to talk about on the internet and I just hadn't done the videos. And so it's like, and I hadn't done the videos because I'm worried about like not having the answers to every question that someone might ask. And the point is, is I don't need every question answered. I probably think too highly of myself that I think people want every answer from me. And so that's probably part of it as well. But uh, yeah, kind of releasing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Cause I know uh, the videos of yours that I've been watching are the uh, BJJ Realtor videos. And uh, I noticed that, and you and I had a conversation about your cauliflower ear, that's probably a year ago or so. And I had known that you had uh, done some work to get that cleared up. And then all of a sudden, boom, a year later, there's a video. And I'm like, oh, that's it. We talked about that. And uh, you got around. So that was on obviously on your laundry list of things to talk about. I did want to ask you when it comes to the BJJ Realtor. So you've been doing uh, jujitsu for a couple of years now. Uh, you're a blue belt. You've experienced some su- experiencing some success in tournaments, and you're working really hard at it. Uh, just so you know, out there, uh, Jacoby goes to the gym just about every day and rolls uh, to to really hone that skill in. Now, I wanted to ask you because you're a blue belt, so there's it, go, it goes white and blue, um, and now all of a sudden you're the BJJ realtor as a blue belt. Was there a hurdle mentally for you putting yourself out there as the quote-unquote expert as a blue belt in that world? No, because I don't I don't consider myself an expert in the in that world. I guess. Are you saying like as far as like jujitsu knowledge? Well, no, just because all of a sudden, you know, what gives you the the credibility to go posting videos on jujitsu? You're only a blue belt. Yeah, that's that's that a, mentality. Yeah, yeah, that that's a really good question. So I 
honestly, it never even crossed my mind, but I just, I just like to help people out, you know? And so there's always people at the gym that are asking me questions. And the reason why they ask questions is because I've won two world championships at blue belt. And so it's, 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 uh, and I'm trying to take this mentality into everything that I do now. Right. So, but I feel comfortable doing it in jujitsu. And so now I want to put that over into the other aspects of my life as well. And it's like, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily have any qual. I, well, I guess I do have qualifications. <laughs> I do have qualifications to talk about it, but I just want to help people out. So people always ask questions and then what I come to realize is that the, the information that I give them is really helpful. And so the only thing is, is I like, I like to help people and I feel as though people are asking me questions then they want to know things. And so, you know, I just give them my opinion on it and my approach and it's been, you know, it's had good feedback from it. So I want to use that as well, you know, in, in other areas of, in other areas of life. So. Well, I love it. Cause you're also showing, kind of where you're vulnerable like one of the other videos i talked about the cauliflower video but you also put out there how uh you got put to sleep in your last tournament and uh, you had never done that before but you didn't try to hide that you didn't back away from it you uh put that out there as part of the process you're going through and so i appreciated that yeah you know i've gotten a lot that's kind of funny i've gotten a lot of people that have talked about that and uh I didn't really have any hesitancy about putting it up because I just thought it was hilarious, you know? <laughs> and so, but people have really appreciated that. And I think it helps to keep you kind of humble on things in other areas. Like I said, because in jujitsu, for some reason, I feel comfortable just letting everyone know what's going on with that. And so it's helping me in other areas of my life, like letting them know, you know, at least, at least letting people know like what's going on in other areas too, you know? And so I'm trying to figure out why that is. Why do you feel comfortable in this area being vulnerable about everything or at least a lot of things and not vulnerable in the other areas, which is kind of what I was talking to. Like it holds me back in those other areas because I care what other people think, even though I thought I didn't care what people thought of me. Yeah. I will say the Weaver household had a couple chuckles out of the Jacoby getting put to sleep video and that Cooper and I watched it a couple times and then I uh, showed Holly and Holly actually, it was that night. Uh, she took a picture of our dog. Our dog was laying on his back with his paws up sound asleep. And she sent me a picture and she goes, look, it's Jacoby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Why did you send me that picture? That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's even crazy, what's even funnier is uh, I haven't, uh, some people have heard the story, but like Andrea and them didn't go, Andrea and the kids didn't go with me to uh, the tournament, but they watched it live. And Brayden, so Brayden's my middle son, they're watching it and he's like, is, is daddy dead? <laughs> and Andrea's just like, what? No, like, what is going on? So it's like, I don't know if he was joking or if he was serious. I don't think he was that serious, but he's yeah. like, you know, is, is daddy dead? Like, what the heck's going on? So it's pretty good. Uh, you said something earlier I want to go back to because this interests me or I'm pretty intrigued by it. And uh, you talked about the book. Who was the author again? Ray Dalio. Ray, da Ray Dalio. Radically open-minded. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes, I, I think I, I understand the concept there, but then other times, like, I, I think about that and, you know, that doesn't make me really comfortable. And so what is it, uh, how did you break that down? What does that mean? Uh, how did he 
walk you through that. And what does that mean for you? Radically open-minded. Yeah. Basically in what he says here, he says, uh, this is also in the part about not letting what people think of you stand in your way. He says, you have to be willing to do things in the unique ways you think are best and to be open-mindedly reflect on the feedback that comes in inevitably as a result of being that way. And so I've, I've been doing some research, like you said, I put out some more videos and, and things like that. I've been doing research on a guy on Gary V, which most people know who Gary V is. And then another guy named Pat, Pat bet David, he has oh, yeah. insurance. He's a, basically an insurance guy, but he runs a YouTube channel called Valuetainment. And he had one video that went viral <clears throat> and he talks about how to, make a video go viral. And basically what I took from his video is like, you don't try to make a video go viral. You know, you, you just be who you are, be who you are and provide value to people in that. And once you know what people want and you're speaking uniquely uh, from yourself, then that's how, how things come about. And I think Gary V is the same way. So people ask him how, you know, how he does certain things. And he's like, I'm just being me. I'm just doing what I do. And I'm just putting it out there. And, you know, what we do is I think a lot of times, especially for myself, we find other people that have already done something and they've made it work. And then after they make it work, they come back and like write a course on it, or they, you know, tell the story. And then we think, oh, well, I'm going to do exactly what they did and I'm going to get the results they got. And that's not the truth. Like the truth is, is that they didn't probably didn't know what they were doing either, which is why like Gary V is he basically talks about his, he started a YouTube channel for his dad's wine company and he did it over time. I mean, he's, he did an episode, I don't know if it was every day or every week, but over time wine every day. Yeah. He reviewed a wine every day. And then because of when he started, which is when like YouTube and all that stuff was just beginning to get like a lot of traction, he was at the right place at the right time. But his point is, it's like, I was consistent. I did what I needed to do in order to, you know, get the results that I, that I needed to get and to get the name out there and that sort of thing. But it also was just right place at the right time. Like it was just, you know, where I'm going to say, because it's where God placed him at, at that time. So he just happened to hit it at the right time. The point is, is like, you just have to play the long game. You have to be consistent and you have to provide value to people. And so I think like in the transparency part of that as well, what he says is just being open with what is happening and what's going on. He doesn't say necessarily like get into like all of your personal, like, dirty stuff, but be honest about like, you know, what is happening with what's going on. You don't have to like get into your innermost demons, but you, you know, don't try to put on a face as to like, which is what happens a lot of time with like Instagram and all that. Like people got filters and they're making things look like it's something when it's really not. And so basically he's like, be open to what's going to come to you, be open to what's happening and then just be transparent about it. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. I like the idea of, you know, you have to be you. And, and I know Gary V says that, but you know, we went on a kick for a while. There were so many people trying to copy exactly what Gary V was doing. And it was, it was ex- uncomfortable. It wasn't anybody you wanted to follow in, you know, when it comes to Gary V, I have to do him in doses. I, he intrigues me and in that he's got such a big audience and, 
you know, he's got such a large reach. Uh, and he's also a little bit different than others. Uh, and this makes it unique to him in that he doesn't uh, bring a ton of his family into his stuff. Uh, you know, he doesn't spend a lot of time with his, you know, talking about his kids and his wife and his, uh, you know, he just doesn't mix that in where like you get somebody like Grant Cardone, who, you know, his wife and kids are right in the middle of it all for him. And so I would say both of those guys are uniquely being themselves uh, when it comes to putting out their content. And I think that's how it shows itself through. For sure. And then the other thing I like uh, with this principles book is, you know, he's Ray Dalio says you can't be emotional with things. So you have to, he called it principles because if you can live your life on certain principles, you can continually move forward. And so when I look at, you know, Cardone and Gary V, like you said, they're and how they do things is totally different, but what they're doing is exactly the same, you know? So Gary V is just documenting his life and, Grant Cardone is basically doing the exact same thing. He's just documenting his life and what goes on. And <clears throat> that's really freeing for him because he doesn't have to try to act like somebody he's not, you know? And so that's one thing that I really, you know, liked about Gary Vee and kind of the study and stuff that I've been kind of looking at, you know, over the last couple of months. If you look at Gary Vee's videos from when he first started, the thing he says is like, you know, what camera you use, the audio quality, all that does not matter. You know, like there's somebody who wants to hear what you have to say. And, you know, the distribution is free right now. And so, you know, if you have something to say and people and, you know, it's valuable to people, then you should definitely do that. You know, for some people, it might not even be being on video and doing stuff. It might be something totally different. But the point is, is whatever you have, whatever that gift is, you should be getting it out there. Being radically open-minded to what it means for you and your life. Exactly. So, moving this along, the next thing, uh, or one of the other things I want to talk about that I have been working on is uh, I've been doing this. I started this devotional called Gospel, the 90-day devotional by J.D. Greer, and that's G-R-E-E-A-R. And it's a 90-day. And in August, I went through like the first eight days of it and uh, it kind of got shelved. And then I wanted to make a point to come back to it. And so this year I have started that. And it just talks about the gospel and it talks a lot about God's grace in our lives and how, how we receive that grace through Jesus. And just the things that I wanted to share out of that, there's at the end of the devotional, there's four prayers, one of four prayers every day that that's part of the devotional and like the first one it's in christ uh there's nothing that i can do that would make god love me more and there's nothing i've done that would make god love me less like that's already my relationship with god is already established through my relationship with jesus christ uh, the next prayer was as you as you uh have been to me so i will be to others and man that's such a hard one so if god showed me all this grace man, I, I need to, to distribute that grace to the people in my life. And that gets a little bit tough. And now the interesting part for that one for me was how I brought Jocko's book of extreme ownership in with that because, and I don't know where Jocko's at and where he stands it, but anytime that he's having a problem like with, with one, a leader above him, uh, a coworker, you know, whatever that means, 
he's always looking at it as the problem's my fault and what do I need to do to fix it? And that almost goes right along the idea of, uh, of having grace for the other person. Now, his, I'm not sure what drives Jocko, but the end result is basically the same in that I'm going to show love for the person on the other side of the table, even though I don't agree with them, even though they're not, even though they're not meeting my expectation, is I need to have grace for them. Uh, the third of those four prayers was your presence and approval are all I need for everlasting joy. And that one right there plays right into the stuff you and I just got done talking about. Uh, again, your presence and approval are all I need for everlasting joy. And the last one, as I pray, I'll measure your compassion by the cross and the power, uh, excuse me, as I pray, I'll measure your compassion by the cross and your power by the resurrection. So every day of this devotional, at the end of that day, it's one of those four prayers for the 90 days. And all of those, you know, are just speaking volumes to me right now as I'm going through this and really looking at the gospel as it pertains to, to kind of my worldview. Yeah, really, really good. What um, what kind of prompted you to kind of do that? I guess would be my would be my question. Where'd you where'd you find it, and then where did you why did you come into that? Yeah, so a good friend of mine uh, who I've known since uh, college. We've been friends for you know twenty eight, twenty nine years. Jim Vosberg, and we'll give him a shout out because Jim is someone who listens to all the episodes of our podcast. So. It came from Jim. And so he'll be excited to hear that I talked about that. He had gone through it. And then last fall, we, uh, and these are the guys, uh, he challenged the guys that were in a fantasy football league together and saw guys that I went to college with. And he asked us if we wanted to go through it. And uh, six of the 10 agreed to it. And um, I'm not sure where everybody landed on that. But like I said, I only made it like uh uh, eight or nine days into when they were doing it. But I wanted, because I had made the commitment to them to do it, I wanted to really push forward and make sure I get to it. And I did enjoy the way it started. I just didn't stick with it. Awesome. So you got 90 days, right? 90 days. I'm, I'm three days into the 90 day. Three days into the 90 day. Nice. Yeah. And so that'll lead. So I'll, I'll, that'll walk right into, um, the next thing I'm working on is my morning routine. I have uh, I've been coached for years um, that you have to have a morning routine, that successful people have a morning routine, that you want to be disciplined to have a morning routine, and so I have started a real live morning routine, <laughs> and I was actually just going to jump over to it, and so every day or so. For me, how it works is uh, during the week, I get up, I'm going to get up at 630. Uh, so I have historically been a night owl. I could stay up till 1, 2, 3 a.m. easy uh, and not get up. But that is not conducive to the, to the lifestyle I want, to the goals I have to accomplish. And so really trying to be disciplined in that. Uh, so wake up at 630. I wake up and I go for a walk, 10 minute walk, just uh, around the block, just to get up, get out, get some fresh air, come back and then jump right into my devotional. And I set aside a half hour for that. And then I go right from my uh, half hour devotional into my, uh, I'm using the real estate B school daily planner, real powerful tool that they give us as part of that program. 
And so there's my morning routine, 6.30, get up, go for a walk, devotions, and then right into the daily planner. And then that puts me at eight o'clock ready to start the work day. Yeah, that's really, really good. That's one thing that I wanted to chat about as well. So like 2021, one of the other things that I was thinking about as you do goals, everybody's doing goals. Everybody was ready for 2020 to be over and for 2021 to come in. Well, things change on the, on the calendar, but does anything really change? And so what I like about what you said is like, instead of just saying what you're going to do, you're actually changing your habits. You're changing what you're doing, right? You said you were a night owl. Now you're waking up at 630 that is going to change what happens to you in 2021, no matter what, if that's going to be good or bad, you know what I mean? And so I think that is like really the key thing is like, people are like, yeah, new, new year, new me or whatever, you know? And so it's like, you're talking it, but you're not actually doing anything. And so like emotion is good. Talking about it is good, but what are you actually doing to get that done? And so I think like what you just said and what you're doing is like spot on. The other question I'll ask is like, so you're doing, how are you tracking or are you using the planner to track? Like when you wake up and all that stuff too, you got that, like you have that written down in your tracker. Like I wake up at six 30, I do my devotional at, you know, whatever, seven o'clock to seven 30. I shower. Yep. Have you always walked in the mornings or what? Like No, that's that? new. That's new. I am, uh, I, I use a Google calendar. Uh, so my uh, week, it's something we picked up from Dave Hook out of the real estate B-School. Uh, I basically follow in his plan where uh, my whole week is laid out. I've got certain things that, you know, they're on the calendar every week. I mean, I've, I've plugged in there, my prospecting time, my content creation time, my business planning, like that is all in there. Um, and then on Sunday night, uh, I take uh, some time, typically, I think it'd probably take about 30 minutes to review the week, make any adjustments to the calendar that we have to, uh, you know, plugging in uh, Cooper stuff or uh, church stuff or, you know, just plugging in all the things. And then that lo- le- that lets me know exactly what I have for that week. So I'm tracking the calendar. I'm tracking my daily schedule, you know, through Google. The other thing that I'm really trying to do is be realistic about it and not, you know, I've tried it before where I'm all gung ho going to do the, uh, what's that? The real popular morning routine one. Um, they got books miracle and morning, miracle morning, you know, get up at five 30 and like, that just doesn't, I just think I'm setting myself up to fail to do that, to be consistent with that. So I'm building mine around, taking a look at what my goals are for this year and what do I have to do to attain those? And I'm building my, my routine around that. And so like, even as an example, I don't know that everybody would agree with this, but on Wednesday nights uh, after our youth group, I hang out with a two of my buddies, uh, Jack, the pastor at our church and a good friend of mine, Scott, we hang out, we get dinner and we're typically out till about 1130, 12 o'clock. So I'm going to be up later. So you know what? On Thursday, you know, I don't get up till 7.30. You know, the other days are going to be 6.30, but on Thursday, I'm playing, it's in my plan. And so I'm going to stay consistent with it that I get up at 7.30, wake up, do my daily planner and move my day forward from there. And so just trying to be realistic to what, you know, what it looks like to be successful in my life. 
uh, in the calendar and not just following, oh, you know, if you gotta be, you gotta give it at 6.30, you know, you gotta give it at 5.30, whatever that looks like, or you, you gotta read a book a week to be successful, you know? So I'm looking at what my goals are in my life and I'm building my life around that. Good. That's like exactly what we're talking about, right? Be open-minded and transparent. So it's like, you're like being open to what's going on and doing exactly that. It sounds like we are kind of on the same track, you know, on the things we were at least going over or kind of doing. So I think that's really, I think that's good. I think that's exactly where you should be at. So I think that's awesome. Quick question. Have you, okay. You said you have used the planner before, or you've tracked things before. What's the really the key difference between now and then, or that you've, that you've changed up? Is it the fact that you're being more realistic? Being more realistic. I've also bought into the entire process. Uh, a lot of times there's been like, I'll, oh, I like that. So I'm going to implement this part of it and this part of it. And so basically I'm open to, you know, on the daily planner, you know, we get some pretty, uh, what I would call in-depth coaching on how to, how to use that planner through the real estate B school. And so I did the training I walked through all the steps and preparing for the training and then, but the real part, the real part, that's the driving force. It, it, the goal is no longer about doing the planner or being in it every day. The goal are, what is, what are my big goals look like? So, and we've talked about this before we have a, a three year, a one year and a 90 day goal. And so I have all those mapped out. I mean, I've put a lot of time and energy into what that three-year goal looks like and what it's going to take me to get to that three-year goal. And so I've backed it off to, okay, so here's the one year. And now what does the next quarter look like? And inside of that quarter, I take all the things that need to be done and those get put over to my planner. And so I stay really organized and it helps me, just as Jocko was saying, prioritize and execute that 90 day goal helps me prioritize what's important. And that's the stuff that makes it to my planner. And so then I get clarity on what I need to be getting done today to push this next quarter forward. That's good. So everything is being linked to what you're trying to get in the end is what it sounds like. You're beginning with the end in mind, and now you're getting clear on how to connect all those things together. It's kind of what I got from that. Yeah. And so instead of being something that's like a driving force, it's just a tool, you know, in my tool belt to help me push my goals forward. Awesome. All right. All right. So what else? So you had the book, you've got some, uh, you're looking at being open-minded. I know you're really pushing forward on a lot of your social media and your videos. What else do you have going on? Yeah, so uh, business-wise, we're kind of moving in the same direction. I don't have like we kind. I kind of held off on. We do have some numbers that we are trying to track, like business-wise. Working on getting all that that finalized, though. The main key thing is is we're working on building the team. A lot of the stuff I feel like we have in the past. We've I've kind of like come up with numbers and. Uh, like, oh, it would be nice to hit these certain things, but, and then you hit those, but there's not really anything behind it. Like there's not really any substance behind it. So let's say, oh, I want to close 100 transactions and, you know, we want to hit like 1 million in GCI or whatever else, which sounds really good. 
you know, on the surface, but if there's nothing behind it, like if there's no substance there, you know, you're just kind of spinning your wheels to spin your wheels. So now we're trying to figure out, cause I've been do we've been in real estate for about six, six years or so, you know, so figuring out what, honestly, rather than what we, what we know we're about, you know, as a team, what are we, what are we about? And I think that goes to this, like being open and transparent. It's like, okay, these are the values that I want to have. This is what I want the team to be about, but based on how we operate, what are we, what are we about, you know? And so that's what we're, you know, identifying right now and then reconciling, reconciling that to make sure we're, we're in the right spot. And then I think the numbers are going to come in from that. Well, that plays right into what I was just saying, that 3190 and having the bigger picture. And uh, so this is the first year I th- that I set goals, not on what I thought we could do, because my goals in the past have always been, uh, what do I think we can do? What do, How many houses do I think I can sell? And then I'm going to raise that by 10%. And that's going to be my goal. So I don't want to do just what I think I can do. Uh, I'm going to do more. So this year, when we set our numbers, it was I had a way bigger picture in mind. It was the, how can I push uh, the guys on my team forward? How is it that I can improve their life? You know, what is it going to take? How many, how many houses do I have to get Mike to sell? That's going to help him in his life. Cause I know some of his goals, you know, what he wants to do with his family and he's getting ready to have a, his first kid this year. And I know uh, it's going to be real hard when the, family leave time is up and his wife's got to go back to work. Like I, I, I can just already picture this. We got to try to figure out, you know, how is it that we can get him enough houses so he can attain his goal. And so Heather doesn't have to go back to work. And so, you know, I wrapped that into this year's goal. And so I really pushed him on, on setting his goals and what I, you know, what he thinks he can do. And so the picture was a lot bigger in the goals. And then one of the things that we were able to get done last quarter was we set some core values as a company. And now, oh, there's so much clarity comes with that. And that this is the company I want to be. I just don't want to sell houses. This is, this is the company I want to have. This is what I want this organization to mean to the people that are here and mean to the customers that come through our door really like that because when I basically, you know, this, we, I took off, I would say I took off November and December. We didn't do a lot of prospecting. We didn't do a lot of advertising or anything for sales and all that. And, uh, it was interesting because there just wasn't any drive there to actually do anything. And that's exactly what you're talking about right there, right. With Mike and he's about to have a baby and then his wife coming back, uh, having to go to work or having not to go back to work or even just having that choice if you want it, you know, is, is really good. So <clears throat> what is the why behind what you're doing? I think is, is really valuable and really important because if that's not there and you're only chasing numbers, like it's really hard once you hit the numbers, right? Like I never thought I would sell the amount of real estate that I've sold. And then it was just crazy for that to happen. And now like, I was like, Oh, we'll just make bigger numbers. We'll put bigger numbers out there, you know, just like you said, but once you do that, like you, you can't pull yourself into doing more work based off of numbers alone. And so I think adding people to the, to the equation 
And then adding those reasons why you're doing what's behind those numbers is kind of the key, I think. And so that was one of the other things that I got to reflect on quite a bit, you know, during that time that, that uh, we're working on now as well. Awesome. It's all good stuff. Super excited about, you know, not just excited about being in 2020, 2021. I'm excited about like what we did in 2020 to put us in a really good position for 2021, as far as the, an organization and a family. And then, you know, on top of that, we've got some great stuff going on. I've got one of my kids is going through, uh, I don't want to say we have some great stuff going on and then walk right into this, but he's going through a tough time right now, but I'm seeing a lot of maturity out of him. I'm seeing a lot of growth out of him. Um, and I know that him walking through this, when he comes out of it on the other side, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, and right at the same time, I've got my middle uh, kid just got engaged and looking at getting married the end of February. He just moved down to Nashville. So that was a, that was a huge step for mom and dad to uh, have a kid leave the nest, but not only leave the nest, but uh, leave the state. And that's the first time anything like that's happened uh, in our family. So that was a big, big step. And But it's also exciting to st- sit back and watch as he left the house and how I think the last year him living in the house has probably stunted, you know, uh, stunted his growth. And now that he's out, I see things moving at a much quicker pace uh, for him. And that's exciting for him. Uh, and so we got some good stuff. And then the hurdle for me is being intentional with my communication when I have two of those kids are not in the house anymore, that's a different ball game. And that's, I would call that, that is definitely a hole in my game. Holly is much better at that uh, and making sure she's talking to her boys because dad's not so good at that. And so he is working on that. Perfect. Kind of the last thing I wanted to throw in there. Uh, I also got really intentional over the end of last year about bringing some hobbies back into my life. And so there's three things that I really like. Uh, I like smoking food. Got a nice, uh, picked up a nice Traeger smoker last year. Uh, So really trying to hone that skill set and get a lot better at that. Also, I've always had this weird desire to have a fish tank, um, but never really had a place uh, to put that fish tank or even the funds to really put together the tank that I would prefer that I would wrap that I would want to have. And so I've done that and we finished the basement off uh, in 2020. That was a COVID shutdown project and uh, was able to get that fish tank. And Jacoby's probably sick of uh, be sending him pictures of my fish tank. Cause like the other day he's like, uh, what am I looking at? And, but I just, I mean, I swear I could watch my fish tank. Like people watch TV. It's pretty awesome. And then Really been picking up the RC cars, and I know that's one you can relate with a little more. Uh, really picked up my interest in RC cars, and Cooper and I spending some time on that. And so, just I wanted to be focused on really getting outside of all the stuff that I'm doing, and really kind of bring some of those hobbies back into my life. And so, that is a big thing uh, that I'm working on is getting to be a little more balanced with that stuff. Yeah, the the. Um... I just never knew you were into fish or, or a fish tank, I guess is, is what it is. So that's really, it's, uh, 
It's actually kind of fun because I just, you know, I like getting random pictures or videos of your fish take. And uh, like you <laughs> said the other day, it's like, uh, would you get that little blue crawfish or whatever? Yeah, little, yeah crayfish. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you send me the video and I'm like, oh, okay, what am I looking at? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's my yeah. new whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I never yeah. knew you were into fish, man. Like, yeah. when, where did this come from? You're yeah. like, man, well, now that the basement's done. I got my thing. I got my tank down here. I think it's, I think that's good, man. You always got to have ways to recharge too, you know? So like we, we get so bent up on, um, you know, just working and spent up and especially with last year and how things went. Some people, you know, they had a lot of anxiety with things that were going on. You got to be able to let loose and have those outlets. And so, you know, the fish tank for you and then I can definitely get into the RC cars, which so I'm not going to go down that that rabbit trail because I just I'm a RC car geek. I used yeah. to, yeah, <laughs> used to race them when I was when I was young. I love racing, no matter what it is. So if it's cars or RC cars or whatever, but so that's super cool. Plus, it's something you can do with your son as well. You know, I was listening to uh, Faraz Zahabi, which he is uh, George St. Pierre. If you if you're into MMA, George St. Pierre is one of the best uh fighters in the UFC. He's his trainer. And Faraz is legit. I've uh he is a if you pick up any of his interviews, he interviews really, really well. He can he's really articulate. He's a really smart guy. Like he's he's a man's man. Like he's a nerd. He can fight. And mentally, he's just mentally strong. He's a mentally strong guy. But he was talking about, you know how does he relate with his kids? And he's like, whatever my kids are into, that's what I'm into. So, you know, I think it's cool that you said you and Coop can kind of bond over RC cars. I don't know if Coop likes fish and fish tanks as much as you do, but. No one in my house likes my fish as much as I do. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on my own. Yeah. But uh, at least you can bond over the, over the RC cars, you know? Yep. Cool. All right. So we're going to take time now to head over to our feature time to invest so this week on time to invest i want to talk to you about tax delinquent properties and we're coming up in that season where tax delinquent properties are going to be a big deal and one of the things coming out of 2020 at least here in michigan is that the fact that they allowed people to delay paying their taxes uh, probably helped some but it just compounded the problems for so many others And so we are in the process of, we have pulled in Wayne County, we've pulled the tax delinquent list. We've gone through, we just scrubbed that list and we are having it skip trace today. And so we'll have all the phone numbers and then we'll run that against the do not call list and we'll start our marketing plan. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we can provide options for people that are tax delinquent. And one of the things that when I went through my foreclosure and my bankruptcy is I never knew in the middle of that foreclosure process that I had any options. And there, I don't know if any of the options at the time would have worked for me, but there were so many options out there for me, but I couldn't see two feet in front of me. So I had no idea that there was options. So what we're doing is we're making ourselves available to show people their options. One of the things that's unique about our team when it comes to investing is that we give people options. A lot of times, if somebody is a cash investor, that's all they do is they purchase properties for cash. Or if they're trying to buy it on seller financing, that's all they do. 
I can actually, in most instances, walk into somebody's house and give them three to four options on what they can do for their property from all the way from a cash sale to uh, like a wholesale where we put it under contract and we try to sell it to all the way up to where you list it. And um, each each option uh, has a little more risk with it or a little more uh, requirements from the seller. Um, But uh, each one also gives them a little more money depending on what they're trying to do. And so depending on their situation, we go in and give them options. But right now, the tax delinquent list is a great list to look at if you're looking to purchase properties off market. Uh, if you have any questions on purchasing properties off market or you want to help connecting with a wholesaler in your area, hit us up. Give us a message. We would love to help you connect with someone in your area or an area that you're looking to invest in. Because if you're not in the real estate investment game full time, a wholesaler is a great resource for you to have. All right. Welcome back from that feature there, Time to Invest. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I really enjoyed this episode. On this episode, we were talking about what are you currently working on and goals from 2020. One, there's a gap in there between the new year when 2020 ended, when 2021 came into existence, and where we are at today. And so uh, January 1st is when most people try to make some of the biggest changes and they get ready for the new year. So how are you doing in that space from January to where we are right now. Are you still on track or are you not? If you're not, then let's just get back on track. So a few of the things that we talked about in this episode, a few of the resources are, one, Jerry has finished the book, Extreme Ownership. And he had some really good tenants that he talked about in there. One that I really liked where he said he takes ownership of everything that happens. Basically, if something is going wrong, you think of how can I change that situation or what can I do to make that situation better? And then the book that uh, I am currently reading at the moment is called Principles by Ray Dalio. One thing that Ray talks about in the book is being open and being transparent, which uh, goes into for myself, not worrying about what others think and uh, just moving forward and being open to what the consequences are and what the benefits are of anything that's going on. One thing that Jerry's working on, he's working on using a schedule and he's got a new morning routine. So we spoke about uh, if you have goals, you can't just set goals, but you also have to change your habits in order to meet those new goals. And so I hope uh, you all are having a really good start to your 2021 Uh, always, always, you can leave us a five-star rating and also leave us a review. And I want to encourage you, you can connect with us on Facebook at Success Without Sacrifice, our Facebook group, Success Without Sacrifice. Uh, If you have any questions or you just want to connect there, that is the best way to connect with us on the podcast. So we appreciate you guys for listening and look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.